Cannon's rolling. Jordy's rolling. All right, so we're good to go. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Millennials in Healthcare. I'm the Millennial, Miguel Johns, here with my special guest, Connie Prasca. Thank you for joining me today. And if you guys didn't notice, we are in a new location, actually in our real deal office. Try, decided to change up the scenery a bit, but let's get back to you, Connie. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, what's your background, um, and what's attracted you to healthcare? Great. Well, Miguel, I'm so happy to be here with you today. And what has attracted me to healthcare? Most of my career has been spent in healthcare. I didn't know if you knew, but I was in pharmaceutical healthcare for nearly 20 years. I was a representative and also a regional sales trainer. So I started to make a transition probably about 2007, you know, thinking about other things that are available to patients, you know, that could help, um, help their health. And I started to focus more on mindfulness. And mindfulness I used to manage my own health condition. And all the research is just so robust, you know, leading in health and where it's gone that, you know, I made a transition, a pivot in my career. Very nice. So go a little bit into um, your experience as a pharmaceutical rep and what you've seen, what the industry was doing, because that's a reason that we've started King Fit is because we've seen the problem of give people medications and send them on their way. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, I can, because I was in a lot of different offices, and that was a lot of my life, and it just seemed that offices were so stressed for time and always under insurance constraints that even though they may have wished to talk to patients about other things, about yoga, about mindfulness, there just wasn't the time or the knowledge on the provider's part to do that. Very interesting, very interesting. And so did that play a role in seeing that you wanted to solve problems in a new way? Did that drive you a little bit in there as well as your own condition, as you mentioned? It did, absolutely, because I saw how many pharmaceutical reps there were in the offices, mm -hmm. and nobody was out there in the field talking about mindfulness. So I enrolled in the program at University of California, San Diego, and that is Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, John Kabat-Zinn's mm -hmm. program. And I made the decision that, you know, I'm going to get a certificate in this, learn everything I can about it, because there were enough pharmaceutical reps yeah. talking about that. I was going to talk to, you know, patients, to businesses, to healthcare providers about mindfulness. Very nice. So we've mentioned mindfulness quite a bit here already. Why don't you, what is your definition of mindfulness? Because I know it's trending now, meditation's kind of trendy, it's a lot of people are starting to catch on to it. What, what really is it? What are the impacts? How's it beneficial? It is quite simple, really, because when you think about it, mindfulness is being present. It's being in this moment. No matter what comes up, you, you're there for it. And John Kabat-Zinn is the one who really westernized mindfulness. It has a lot of Eastern philosophy, Eastern religious roots. But 40 years ago, he started mindfulness-based stress reduction at University of Massachusetts Medical School. So all of the evidence in healthcare that you see about mindfulness really dates back to 1979 and the work of John Kabat-Zinn. So I know you're familiar with these things. Yes, yes. One of my favorite books of his is uh, Wherever You Go, There You Are. That That's is a great one. That, that is a great one. And um, have you read Full Catastrophe Living? I haven't. I need to add that one to the list. That is. And it really, it's as, you know, it was written about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just as current in the life that we're living today. 
Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. One of my favorite things I think about in mindfulness um, is the power to, to keep you off of those, those whirlwinds of negative thoughts. And so John Kabat-Zinn, for example, he's got a full body scan meditation on YouTube that I love to listen to before bed uh, because as you can relate as an entrepreneur, you're probably thinking of a ton of ideas at first and then you practice a little mindfulness and it allows you to calm down in the way I like to, to think about it and the way that John Kabat-Zinn explained it best for me was imagine a waterfall and you're always standing under that waterfall but with mindfulness you kind of can step back and the waterfall's still going but you can observe it instead of just being crushed by it. That's true. Yeah, it, it doesn't change all the outside world around us, mm -hmm. but it changes us. Yes. And it gives us that ability to pause wherever we are when things get, you know, too overwhelming, too stressful, but really to pause and be able to respond to those stressors versus reacting and, like you said, get all the emotions high yeah. and, and get screeching in your life. <laughs> Very interesting. So talk a little bit about how you've brought that to the community because I've been out to one of your meditation groups out at the Pyramid and um, I also am aware that you're helping now employers and things like that. Talk about that a little bit, about your journey um, from knowing you wanted to get into it and now bringing it towards to the community. It is. It's been a journey. It really has. You started with me um, two years ago. Yeah. Yep. We did a conference together about mindfulness and chronic pain you were the presenter about mindfulness. And so now we've gone, you know, two years further. Really, I started out while I was working for the certificate program. That's mm -hmm. a, an over two-year program at UCSD, you know, building up the mindful community in Wichita. So reaching out and finding who are the leaders in mindfulness, who's, you know, leading meditation mm -hmm. practices. So we started a year ago, you know, with Wichita in Mind, the nonprofit group, mm -hmm. started doing monthly free community meditations. And those are at the Reardon Clinic Pyramid. Very nice. <clears throat> yes, they've really caught on. So those have built up. Wichita in Mind offers Mindful Monday, the first Monday of every month. And it's a chance to do mindfulness and yoga in your business clothes and just in downtown Wichita. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. So two things uh, that stood out to me there. One, I want to get to the business side, but not yet. First, I want to know... What were people's initial reactions to mindfulness? Because it is in the Western world, it's new, it's scary, it's different, it's Eastern. Um, how have you seen people's reactions at the beginning? How do you see those reactions change when they experience it? And where do you hope our understanding kind of gets to? Okay, well, let's break up yes, that Yes, yes. First, what were the initial reactions? You know, the initial reactions, because we're in Wichita, Kansas, mm -hmm. there hasn't been a lot of exposure to mindfulness. Mm -hmm. You know, it is trending, it's on the news now, it's on the radio, so I think people are open to it, and I've done a lot of lunch and lectures, lunch and learns, and I find that after presenting mindfulness, you know, in that way, mm -hmm. and giving people a chance to experience meditation, you know, that's a game changer too. Very nice, very nice. So maybe people are a little nervous and skeptical at first, but once they have that first experience, it kind of changes their perspective. Knowledge is power. Yes, it? yes it is, yes, yes it is. So with that, do you have any stories, keeping names private of course, where somebody who was just very skepti skeptical gave it a try and then had a completely different experience? Yes, and this was um, this was so surprising. It was a woman who is going through the eight-week mindfulness-based stress mm -hmm. reduction course, and it was probably about week six. So all the time that she'd been going through this, I could tell you know she was skeptical. Yeah, and she didn't participate a lot, and just didn't seem that involved. Mm -hmm. We did loving kindness meditation 
where you wish loving kindness to someone else. You just think of them with thoughts of goodwill. Nice. And I was very surprised. A couple days later, she sent me an email. And she said, Connie, I find it very hard to think about myself, to love myself. And that meditation meant so much to me. That is awesome. And then she even said that she had an MRI scan and she used that meditation when she was going through that. Nice. Very so, nice. That know, is awesome. That is very powerful. Those are the successes. That's yes. what keeps me going. Yes. And presenting mindfulness you know, to people. Because yes. there's so many stories like that that personally touch me. That is awesome. And there's, there's not a better time in our world today for things like that because mm -hmm. so many people have never even taken the moment to give themselves love, to share love with others. And that's honestly why we see all the problems that we do um, in the world today. We're so separated in noticing the differences versus if we could all just take a moment to spread love to somebody who we love, somebody random, it would make a profound impact. So first of all, thank you for your work. Um, now, mentioning, uh, bringing up something else you mentioned, yoga and business clothes. Um, of course, again, going back to the Western world, in America, business is about competition, dominance, beating the other guys. How's mindfulness working its way into the business world? That is really, that's what I'm excited about. You know, the healthcare, the 40 years of the health benefits have been terrific. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing now, the neuroscientists are, you know, exploding with new information. And for businesses, it's really that you don't have to push so hard. It's kind of, you know, the value in rest and, yes. you know, bringing it down, the value in meditation, you know, that kindness can be a competitive advantage. Yes. So I think that is, is really surprising. That is awesome. awesome. Yes. And what's, uh, what's funny is it took us so long to realize that your business can grow faster if you've got great relationships with people. Yes. <laughs> it does. All of it that we're learning, you're right, it seems very common sense. Yeah. <laughs> that push, push, greed, greed, mm -hmm. kind of grind that it doesn't have to be that way. Yes, yes, yes that is awesome. Um, so on top of that, you mentioned the neuroscientist. I'm familiar with uh, Dr. Amit Sood at the Mayo Clinic, which is one of the most groundbreaking research institutions in the world, and he's really pushing forward with the compassion mindfulness, the gratitude mindfulness. Talk a little bit about some gratitude mindfulness. Give the people something practical that they could easily do um, just to get started. Okay, I was just thinking about this today, so I'm glad you mentioned it. I think the easiest way to practice gratitude is first thing when you wake up in the morning, when you pull those covers down, to just raise your arms, raise them high, and just say thank you. Awesome. Yes, and that sets the tone for your entire day. And, you know, that could be like your dedicated practice for the week. Just every morning, say thank you. And then as you move through your day, whenever you start to feel a little stressed or overwhelmed, to stop, take in a breath, and think of one thing that you're thankful for. And just hold that in your heart. Then when you release your breath, you're letting go of that negativity, the stressful feelings, and you move on. That is, I want to hit on how powerful that is. It seems so simple. It does. It seems it? so simple, but it is so powerful. An example um, that I think you'd love, Connie, um, so we've had some storms recently here in Wichita, and I forgot to park my car under our awning, and we also have a garage, um, and there's some old trees. Well, a massive branch came down and crushed out my back windshield. Oh, <laughs> and I had, yes, I had to laugh about it, because that when I've, if this was years ago, I would have been like, oh my goodness, another thing, like I'm already having to deal with da da da. Um, but this time I just laughed and thought, you know what, if I didn't have a car that could get me around, like the branch wouldn't be able to crush out the windshields. This is a great reminder of how blessed I am to have a car. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those moments of deep breath. What's one thing I'm thankful of? 
well, I'm thankful for having this car because now I can get around where I need to. And so many people don't have that luxury. Um, so that is so powerful. It can keep you from ruminating on something for hours and hours, building stress, which now we know um, in the health world is just so damaging to our cells um, and instead moving on with the rest of your day. Um, so talk about some of the, some of the research. You, you mentioned neuroscientists. Um, what's going on with the brain um, in regards to mindfulness and how's it, how's it helping people outside of just de-stressing people? De-stressing, um, de-stressing, you know, that's very big. But yes. I like the area of epigenetics, and I think that is explosive. It's very hard to change the DNA, mm -hmm. but they found, you know, for years that exercise and nutrition play such a big part. Yeah. And now they're finding that our thoughts, just what we're thinking, also plays into if a gene expresses itself as cancer or if it doesn't. Yes. We have so much more control of our personal health. Yes, yes. yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, for the people who are new to epigenetics, um, it is exactly what Connie said. We have all these different expressions possible in our DNA. Um, and because of our lifestyle, oftentimes the cancerous promoting expressions are being expressed. Um, but with nutrition, um, exercise, mindfulness practice, we're able to turn those genes off and express longevity and health um, expressions. One thing that Dr. Uh, uh, Daniel Ammon talks about is ants automatic negative thinking, mm -hmm. um, which are just the repetitive thoughts that we think over and over every single day yeah. that just break us down, break our immune system down. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I've came across recently is how, the, uh, how just a little bit of mindfulness practice can actually shrink your amygdala, which is what leads, it's almost like the red light signal in our mind, oh, yeah. um, and just shoots off those negative thinking patterns, but with some mindfulness practice, you're able to, to shrink that down. Um, so where would you like to see the mindfulness movement go? Um, outside, I know it's starting to get trendy. People even are putting it in commercials and things like that. Where would you like to see it go over the next 10 years? Okay, well, I'm Wichita-focused. Mm -hmm. I'm very Wichita-centric. So what I would like to see, I would like to see mindfulness in business, you know, because anything that's happening in business is going to have an impact for coworkers. They're going to take it home at night to their families, mm -hmm. their neighbors. But my bigger vision, Miguel, is I would like to see mindfulness very grassroots and just spread like wildfire through Wichita, Kansas, right here in the heartland, and to see what, what impact that would have. Could that spread then to other states, other communities? Yes. Yes. That would be powerful. And when you say, so when you say grassroots, are you wanting to see it start at a young age, just like they teach us in grade schools, or how do you, what's that big vision look like? Um, the big vision looks like, um, absolutely, I think all children, if they learn mindfulness at that age, you know, it's going to mean better adjusted, healthier, happier adults. Yeah. And grassroots meaning, you know, once I learned mindfulness, I could teach you mindfulness, and you could teach somebody else, and we could spread like that. Yes, yes, yes. and talking about spreading, um, one thing that spreads very much is your energy. Um, so how has that impacted in your life, just having that mindfulness energy as you go around, that joy, that presence? Uh, how does it affect the people around you? I think it's positive, Miguel, because, <laughs> you know, once you, once you do, you know, adapt to mindfulness, embrace it, and mm -hmm. really live it, you know it changes it, your, your life. I mean, and joy, the only place you can find it is right there in the present moment. Yes. You know, and like you said before, people are just getting so caught up in negativity and rumination, or else they're just caught up in the future yes. and worried about what, you know, probably won't even happen. <laughs> 
So it's just really, you know, being present. Yes. That simple. That is that is and great. And practicing every day. You practice as well. Yes, I do. Every morning. <laughs> yeah. I do. And one of my favorite is uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's Guided Meditations. Um, he's got a uh, cultivating loving awareness and cultivating peace. Um, they're about 15 minutes long in the morning, and it's if I don't do it, I know immediately because <laughs> I'm running into all things that are trying to throw me off. Yeah. Um, one, you mentioned something there about how people are always worried about the future, and a, a funny story comes to mind. I was uh, speaking with a friend at um, the start of Grind, mm-hmm. and he said that they had just started implementing at, um, gosh, what is it called, Daniel Carnegie's sales training. They started implementing mindfulness practice, and they're asking people, times, to share times when they had been worried and and things like that. And one lady talked about that. She had been worried every day for the last 30 years that the bus wasn't going to show up on time. And they asked her, how many times has it not showed up? And she said, four times, and I can name the dates. That was four times in 30 years. (laughs) Yeah, but she had spent so much time worrying. And then another lady said, "Um, well, that's a good thing. Every time I worry about something, it never happens. So I know worrying works. (laughs) That's wasted time. That's wasted time, wasted energy, and now we're seeing at the cellular level what that's doing to us and the epigenetic level, um, shrinking our telomeres and things like that. Um, So if you could point people um, in the direction, of course, your website, Retreat to Joy, that's Mm -hmm. newly launched um, and looks beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Where should people get started? If they're, maybe they're not watching us from Wichita, they may not have access to your practices here locally. Um, How should somebody outside of waking up, saying thank you, if they're really wanting to dive into some mindfulness, where should they go? Uh, There's so much out there. There There's so many apps, uh, you know, just starting out, you know, Googling John Mm Kabat-Zinn and becoming familiar. You mentioned his books. Um, I think that's a great place. And then community, really see what's going on in your own community because apps, while they're great and, you know, we have a dedicated practice that we do on our own, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really looking out in your community what is going on there see if there's a group that you could belong to if you're outside of Wichita. If you're here in Wichita, of course, we have we have groups and we have meditations. Insight Timer is one app that I like a lot. Have you tried Insight Timer? I haven't. So I'm familiar with Headspace, and that's, Headspace. yeah, that's about the only one. Yeah, that's good. Calm is also a good one. And then on our website, too, we have some resources. Nice. So. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, last little bit. Okay. Where do you see yourself in your practice as well as the people around you? Are you able to affect them in mindfulness? Have they started catching on? I know I'm somebody who's around you who's really um, caught on and learned a lot from what you're doing. Um, Where do you want to see yourself um, with your practice over the next 10 years? You know, it's it never stops. So it's continuing to, to grow and to unfold. And, you know, you have insights along the way. So my personal practice, it just gets richer and, you know, more developed. And of course, um, it's so transformative that I want to share that with people and so that they can feel joyful in their life instead of worrying for the bus that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't come, you know? Yeah. So instead to be really an active participant in life, to be fully engaged, and when you do that, you flip a switch, don't you think? Yes. Yes, yes you do. Yes, you do. Well, that is great. So let's mention some things, and we've actually got the Mindful, Mindful Monday here, and Talk a little bit about this. Where would people go to be involved? How do they get started? Yeah. Mindful Monday is put on by Wichita in Mind, and it's the first Monday of every month. And they can go to Visual Fusion over in Delano. 
and it's 12 o'clock it starts and just come in your work clothes you don't have to wear any fancy yoga gear and you can sign up also when you come in and get a slice of Picasso's pizza when nice. the class ends. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, a half hour of yoga and mindfulness. Very nice. And talk a little bit about um, what days your practices are out at the Rudin Clinic. Okay, yeah, once a month we have free community meditation, and that's the third Thursday of every month. And we post those on the website. And it's at 6.30 in the Reardon Clinic, and it's in the Pyramid. So yes, which is a beautiful facility if you've never seen it. And for the people in Wichita, I've always wondered what those white globes are over there. Um, I know I used to wonder that all the time until you invited me out. Um, they're doing some really innovative stuff. Oh, my goodness. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Awesome. And just like you, they're getting to real health. Yes. Yes, yes. The, the source of the problem. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Connie, for joining us on Millennials in Healthcare, another great episode, which had to hit on this important topic of mindfulness because it plays such a big role in our well-being. And I think, honestly, it's the foundation moving forward um, with people's health. You can't consistently eat healthy, exercise um, without having that mindfulness, that presence um, to be able to continue to take those actions and to know when you're getting thrown off, off track. So thank you so much. Yes, it does. Yep. All right, guys. We'll see you next week on another episode of Millennials in Healthcare. And you can find me at retreattojoy.com. Do I need to say it again? Do I need to do the www? No. No, okay. <laughs>